Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to talk about how to find and use your gifts and utilize your aura in order to maximize them. My guest is Belle Starr. Belle is a certified master life coach. She has degrees in psychology and extensive training in dream work, shamanic studies, and Jungian psychotherapy. She's also been a psychic for as long as she can remember. She did her first public readings at age 13 and worked her way through palmistry, astrology, tarot, and found her niche in reading the colors of a person's aura, which is incidentally how I met Belle. Belle is also experienced in 12-step and enjoys working with people in recovery so she can remind them of the great gifts that come from their quote-unquote street creds, which you'll find out what she means by that today. You can go to her website. It's bellstar.net. That's B-E-L-L-E. Welcome, Belle. Well, thank you for having me. It's so nice. You know, I was really pleased to meet you at a conference a few months back and have you do my very first aura reading. Well, I'm glad I was the first because I like to give you all the information I can possibly do at one time. You know, I still have my photograph on my refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> so it reminds me of, of that day. And I have your recording, so I really appreciate you doing that for me. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show is to share this unique way of helping people navigate their lives. But before we get to all of that, I would love for you to share your journey with us. How did you get to doing all of the variable things that you do, the varied things that you do, including being a certified life coach? Well, I, it all started, like so many of us, start with wondering what the heck we're doing here and what is this all about and why was I born and why me, Lord, and all those wonderful questions everybody asks at one time or another. I was determined to get some answers to that. It was more interesting to me than politics or sports, and I have vigorously pursued this uh, interest all my life. Well, how did it lead to becoming a coach? Well, I uh, officially started my training in uh, psychology and discovered as I worked through the preps for clinical psychology that I wasn't excited about spending my life uh, giving meds to people who mm. had chemical difficulties. I wanted to work with people's you know, hearts and souls, and I wanted to watch their eyes light up when they could see what gifts they had. And psychology is probably not the best avenue for that. Mm -hmm. Life coaching is. Yeah, you know, I've heard a bunch of different people say that to me, where they made that switch over from traditional psycho psychology or psychotherapy to coaching because of that reason. It's less formal. You're not actually prescribing anything except you're, you're guiding someone towards their own answers, right? Yes. And the other thing about psychology is it's... Well, there was a television show, and I don't know whose show it was, but I passed by, and I saw a little boy looking up at his mom and saying, Mom, don't you like being a mom? And her answer to him was, Well, Donnie, it's just like being in the sixth grade for 12 years. And I was feeling very much about 
clinical psychology in that same way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work in something a little more sophisticated and basically coach the coaches or the, the psychologists, the psychotherapists, and the social workers who come up through the ranks because they had experiences they want to prevent other people from having and they want to know how it works and nobody is giving them some of the information that could really light them up. Mm-hmm. Now, you do have experience in a lot of the mystic arts, if if I can term it that way, in terms of doing the astrology, tarot readings, palmistry, and such. How do you tie that into your coaching? Well, I don't so much anymore. It was more lead-ins for me to get all of these things in one way. You can look at all of these disciplines as giving your left brain something to do while your right brain works through its intuition to come to the answers that need to be shared. Mm -hmm. So explain to us how the aura readings can help somebody. I mean, I know how it helped me, which is why you're here today. But but explain what an aura reading is all about and then how you take the results of someone's photograph and look at the colors in that photograph in order to help them along their path. Well, aura readings, the aura is an interesting um, critter. It has, it's an area of energy field that exists in and outside and around your body. That is your aura. It's bigger than the body. And the edges of it change color all the time, and the more middle parts are a little more basic, and those are the areas that I am working with. Okay. Uh, some people use the aura to talk about health, which fortunately I have not been gifted. I would not want to say horrible things to people and charge them 40 bucks or something saying, you're, you know, that is just wrong to me. Mm-hmm. But what I see, the colors show me personality and soul information basically what gifts they have. What, no matter where you are in the evolutionary scale, those gifts tell me if you have intuition or I'm working mostly with professional people, so I'm looking at whether they have writing skills and teaching skills, whether they're ministers disguised as social workers. These things, your paycheck and your cosmic job are not always the same. What are some of the colors that you generally find when you take a photograph, and what do they mean? Well, uh, I don't like to say this color always means this and so on, but what the colors give me are those basic qualifications that I just mentioned, and there are certain colors that show up more often in nursing professions and other colors that show up in at the writer's workshop. There's a lot of colors that I have learned over the years signify certain gifts that people have. Mm -hmm. But rather than say red means this or red means that or blue means this, and Mm -hmm. most of the auras have many colors in them. So it's it's more of a combination thing. There's very few colors that are just one. Right. Now, when you read mine, you looked at it and you said immediately, as soon as you pulled the paper off, you said, oh, you're the educator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you in a speaking profession? <laughs> and I laughed because you hit the nail on the head. And you also mentioned something about swans and ducks. And I'd uh, love for you to share that with the audience. The fairy tale of the ugly duckling and the swans, well, actually the ducks aren't ugly, but the swan fairy tale, the swan egg rolls into the duckyard and the ducks raise it and they're always mean to it because it it doesn't look right and they're never nice to it. And this swan goes off 
sadly, to live alone the rest of its life. And it comes across this pond with all the beautiful swans and it lives happily ever after. I do a fair amount of work with recovering people and people who coach and and work with people in recovery. And a lot of those people were swans who were raised by ducks. It's one of the reasons how you get into trouble and get into these professions. As you learn uh, how to deal with that, you become what Jung calls the wounded healer. What wounds you heals you and that what you teach and model to others. Yes. And you said something really interesting, too, is like a key to look for in knowing whether or not a person is a swan or a duck in your life and whether or not you're a swan or a duck is multitasking. That was the key that you gave me. Well, the swans have more wiring and it's it's not magic and it's not even morals. Uh, When the swans have more wiring, they can see and hear and know more than than the duck. Well, Think of it this way. Think of the duck as a radio, and think of the swan as a television. We've got both uh, articles, and the radios are very nice, but they don't make pictures. Because of the swan's extra wiring, they can see down the road to how their behavior is going to affect the future, and they are more likely to make a wise choice than a duck. Uh, They can multitask because they have more wiring. They can do many things at once. They usually bore very easily. There is a a nasty rumor going around when you walk down the street with, say, if you happen to have a very red aura photograph, people will stop you and say, oh, you're mad. You're a mad person. And I really would like to wring their necks because... uh, When a swan is multitasking and the duck shows up and says something stupid, there's a tendency for the swan to be annoyed, but that doesn't mean the swan is a mad person. It means that they are not being skillful how to manage their gifts, Mm -hmm. which is often where I come in. Okay. And so what would be the first step on managing your gifts? Well, I like to think the first step is knowing what they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been raised by ducks, a lot of your gifts have been talked, you've been talked out of them. Any number of stories around about the the girl singer, any teacher or parent who told her she would never sing and she stopped for years and finally she discovered that she could. There's a lot of delayed gifts because people uh, discourage the swans who are very sensitive as a general mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. That rings true for me. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. What is this idea around street cred? What do you mean by that? Oh, to me, I don't care how many degrees you have, how many initials are after your name. If you don't have street creds, I don't want, I won't be coming to you for advice and help. Street creds are learning from experience. Mm-hmm. Street credentials. And most people in the recovery programs working with People or are the recovering people have their street creds. They learned early on how it was to live in difficult situations, how to overcome them or how to hide from them or how to suffer through them. They know the damage. Uh, Hopefully they have begun to understand how those things have served them. Or not. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I I can't ever forget a woman in Oregon 
she was talking about all her horrible childhood and it was so bad that she had to go out on the ceiling when her father got after her. And this is not to belittle people who've had those experiences, but this woman was really dining out on it. She was having a wonderful time telling me all the horrible things that had happened to her and how she had to go out on the ceiling. And I thought I was changing the subject. I asked her, well, what do you do for a living? And she said, oh, I am making all kinds of money teaching dream work and astral travel. And I watched the penny drop when she realized that those things she was complaining about or the training that she had to be able to do the job and make the money that she was now. Mm -hmm. And I watched the gray just drop out of her field. And she got it. Wow. That's what I'm that's what I'm going for. Those are the moments that make me smile. So helping people reconnect to their true soul passions of what they they should be doing based on the gifts they've been given. Right. Or how to use the gifts that they don't realize or have been talked out of to serve the goal that they have chosen. Mm-hmm. Now you started off doing tarot reading and palmistry and astrology. Is your then your true gift doing the coaching? I think so. I, After you do palmistry, you do astrology, you do tarot, and there's lots of paperwork, and there's a lot of people that come. But always I was in search of the, the underlying true principle of how come this stuff works, and what is it about people, how can this information serve them? I don't want them to have to look at page 22 to get the answer to how they live. That's turning over your personal responsibility. And unfortunately, it happens a lot in politics and religion, too. People have to learn who they are and what they can do. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people fall back on going to have their tarot cards read and such because they want somebody else to tell them what to do. This is my pet peeve. People will do anything in order to get away from being responsible for their own behavior. (laughs) Or learning to tune into their intuition to make decisions. Yes. Well, some people don't have enough. Mm -hmm. But those who do have been usually have been talked out of it. For sure. And so it's a matter of honing in on it and, and reconnecting with that. Absolutely. And you've got to learn how to, I mean, The line I keep quoting is, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And uh, if you don't know how to do that, you are, you know, playing to the audience instead of playing to your soul. I love that. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. (laughs) Maybe I'll use that as the title of this this show. I'll be like, Bell Star on how to be yourself since everyone else is taken. (laughs) Works for me. Works for me. I love it. I want to know about your story. You told me this when we spoke offline about your own aura picture and how it changed back and forth when you had a relationship change? Yes, most of the time it's it's a, a couple, two or three colors and they're pretty much similar ones. They have to do with empathy and, and a little bit of shamanic stuff. But I had a very nasty breakup and for several months my colors totally changed. They weren't bad colors. They were the colors that signified difficulties in the lifestyle. And I was happy to see after about a year my colors had come back. But that was a very but it took difficult a year. Oh man. <laughs> Everybody, I don't know how you manage to live life really richly unless you had a 
totally broken heart. Mm-hmm. It's nice, you know, and you can go shopping and pick your shoes and be nice to people. But unless somebody's died or broken your heart in some other way, the depth of which you are capable is really probably not to be discovered. I agree with you. I think people discover themselves the most when they go through difficult experiences. And that includes positive leaning ones too, like a marriage, a new baby, all of that. Yes. And in recovery, hitting bottom is the gift, Mm. not the curse. Because that's the point where you start moving up. Now, I'm curious about the recovery piece, because this could apply to people who aren't actually hitting rock bottom, but maybe are just struggling a little bit, right? Well, everybody has different bottoms. Some of them don't need to go all the way, uh, because people live lives in different wattages. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is the totally intense person who has to do everything 110 percent i like this idea around wounded becoming a wounded healer and that's related to being a swan you said well uh maybe maybe not the healer part the wound is is there but the wounded healer is the person who has used their street creds to make a difference in the world Mm -hmm. so they're the ones who join the psychotherapists and the social workers, they help out in soup kitchens. They do many things. Most of them usually involve making some kind of healing effort for other people who have had similar situations. Mm -hmm. What is your best advice for someone who's going through a tough time right now? Like you had a one-year healing period for Mm -hmm. your breakup that was extremely difficult, but you are a person of skill and you are self-aware and you teach others how to utilize their own gifts and self-awareness. So what did you do for yourself and what advice can you you know share back with the listeners if they're going through a hard time well there's a couple of ways of going to that i can tell you what i did i sat down and i said to myself girl you're a coach you're gonna have to coach yourself through this Mm -hmm. and because you're a coach you better be able to do it but coaches need coaches too absolutely and i have a coach But I really wanted to do it myself because I got tired of grumping away to other people about how awful the situation was. So what did you do? So uh, I had, well, the funny part, and of course this requires a lot of pain and suffering throughout. I had a three-part program. The first part was dump. And so what I did, I'm a Scorpio with Sun, Moon, Mercury, Ascendant, and North Node in Scorpio in the 12th house, which is a lot of Scorpio. Scorpio, Scorpio. <laughs> in, and uh, we love water, and I'm big water. So I decided to dump by taking a, a bargain cruise up to Alaska and back. And so I walked, and I listened to my tapes, and I sat in front of the water, and I looked at the water, and I walked around the water. I did it for a week. And went through all the stuff, did my journaling, dumped as much as I could. Uh, Next stop was retail therapy. I deserved a treat, so I (laughs) I traded in my 98 broken-down Ford mommy van and got myself a nice new car with a heated steering wheel. I live in Colorado, and that heated steering wheel is just fabulous. (laughs) I like heated seats myself. (laughs) So the... Section number three was it refill. 
you can't go around with empty. You have to replace it. You have to give your monkey mind something to do besides thinking about what happened. So I went to a really good conference that had a lot of new age and and psychotherapeutical, all the rock stars. So I went to that and I refilled and that's where I really got to believe that my wounded healer part was going to be really playing in now. Mm-hmm. And my practice has doubled because I am not talking from my head anymore to people with broken up relationships and dead relatives. I am talking from my heart. And you people know that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. somebody who learn what I feel in books. I, I want agree. them to have been there. I, they want them in the alley with me at my back. Yeah, they had better have had a little fighting training. Well, now I've your aura is what I've used as the photograph to promote this episode, and people can see the purple and the blue, and um, totally different from my aura. Um, and you mentioned that that's related to empathy. So here it is. That is your gift. Ah, uh, yes. It's also a little bit like having a good nose. It's a mixed blessing. Sometimes you want it, and sometimes you don't. Now, you mentioned monkey mind. Will you share what that's all about? Well, monkey mind is a more of a Buddhist term about the person who can't quiet their mind. And uh, lot, That could be me. <laughs> that could be just about everybody. Yeah. And one of the guru guys says, oh, everybody have monkey mind. You do not fix monkey mind by emptying mind. You give monkey mind something to do. Mm-hmm. Listen to your breath or something else. Aha. Meditation, I, right? Well, meditation or sleepitation is the way it turns out with me. I'm not a great meditator. Mm-hmm. But I don't want meditation to mean to me what going to church means to somebody else. Or, you know, I, I want to be able to do what I can. And I don't want to deify meditation. Yes, it's wonderful. But it's you've still got to live your life. Yeah, I think, well, I did an episode on uh, transcendental meditation, and they're very rigid about the scheduling on it. It's like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. And, you know, I've, I have not learned the technique myself, but just doing guided meditations, like to do 20 minutes in the morning, like that's the most that I can eke out. I can't also do it at night. It's like, I don't understand how people do that. Well, different people, different people with different energy feels you know mm. the nice sweet little people they can do that the fiery ones have harder time mm-hmm. you know but it's just whatever you can do to get out of your head yeah and if it means playing solitaire if it means driving and just paying attention to the road uh reading books you know there's a million things you can do to get mm-hmm. out of your head mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think a lot of people and i've talked with friends about this it's like you get on a loop you get on a mental loop about something and you just can't stop thinking about it and, and over analyzing oh, it oh yeah well what about this well what about that and then comparing it to other situations you've experienced and it just goes on and on and on and i so, had a year's worth of reruns yes oh this could i should have and this should have mm. and didn't i and all of those Shoulda, woulda, coulda. My, oh, yeah. I don't think I missed a scenario. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure so many people listening right now relate to that. They're like, oh, my gosh, I do that all the time, With whether it's a work situation, relationship at home, whatever. Um, how can you feel just more connected to your gifts at all times? Or is that something that will just naturally have an ebb and flow because of life? 
Well, I can't not be connected to my gifts. It's just who I am. I've been on this, I've been this kind of person as early as I can remember. I remember wondering what I was doing here and who were all these crazy people and what was all that funny stuff in front of my eyes that looked like trees and plants. I never quite got comfortable on the planet. And that has, that discomfort has moved me into searching in these areas, which is how it served. Mm -hmm. I have a whole piece that I find shows up a lot in, especially in recovery groups, the people who were born homesick. They have some kind of idea of what it was like before incarnation, and they just aren't crazy about it here. Mm -hmm. They never feel like they quite belong. Mm -hmm. They all have a sense of mission. There's got to be a pony in all this horse poop somewhere. I am here for a reason. What's my path? And that gets them going. Now, I've had some listeners push back. I got some emails when I did an episode with Dr. Berger and Dan Griffin about recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had some listeners push back and send me some information saying, you know, I don't believe in 12 step. I think that it's, you know, a very rigid program that is actually not going to help you heal because what it does is it keeps you mentally mired in the idea of I'm not good enough. And so by admitting constantly, like I am an alcoholic, or I am a drug addict, that that's just reinforcing it in your mind rather than getting to a place of true healing. What are are your views on that? Oh, you're going to get me in trouble with this one. (laughs) Because uh, there's all kinds of people in the world, including the swans and the ducks. There's people with different mental capacities, and people with different gifts. And you've got to start somewhere. And Uh, 12-step programs are a wonderful place to start because you've got to get rid of the stuff that's really ruining you. Mm -hmm. After that, you may or may not have choices. Uh, The point is you really should not, for example, start drinking. That is absolutely not the good thing for you to do. You have a chemical dependency and it's going to ruin you. But I think in every program, whether it's Jungian philosophy or Christianity or fundamentalism or whatever, I think in every one of these programs there's a trap door in the ceiling and it leads you up into perhaps the same area but the attic where all the good stuff is. It's hard to say about that, but if you don't find it, you don't, you really shouldn't leave. The idea is not to be a recovering 12 stepper, it's to be an ascended 12 stepper. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Uh Uh-huh. So use that as a starting point. And as you learn more, and as you discover more, and as you get control over um, your tendencies, that you can go in other directions. Well, you can add on to the basic framework of the program. Mm -hmm. You can study meditation, 11 steps, saw through prayer and meditation. I was in the program, it was 13 years before anybody talked to me about meditation. Wow. And now you're a master life coach. I do what I do because of the gifts that I have. And the people who come to me, I like to think, are the people that need whatever it is I can give them. And that is mostly, if you want to use the term soul retrieval, if a person comes to me and says they are never any good at this, and after they talk for a little while, I find out what happened, what event in their life the one that really shifted them and broke their hearts, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and or the thing they don't have. And I can show them 
no, this is this is one of your strong suits. Mm-hmm. They get their soul back. That's powerful. Yes, and all the energy that was used to keep that dirty little secret secret, once the secret's told, it's released to use back into the person's life. That's amazing. And they have all that extra energy. And then the coach should be able to skillfully suggest what they can do with it. Do you have a, a big success story of somebody who was not in touch with what their soul really wanted that you helped to discover that? I would have to think about that. And the reason for that is when I get go into working with somebody, uh, I go into a kind of a different place and it's all between them and me, mm-hmm. and when I come out afterward, I very seldom remember what went on. I can remember that they lit up, and if I'm coaching regularly on, on the phone, I'll take some notes, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a dance that goes on it's in the energetic intuitive. ranges. Yeah, it's like intuitive coaching. And the one I mentioned about the lady who taught astral travel and by location and stuff, that's a little out there. But that one I do remember because it was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about how you work with new clients. So if somebody contacts you via your website, what's the first step? Well, if I usually what happens is I'm at a conference and I coach and I have the picture. And then those people call up, they have their picture and they want more. Mm-hmm. So then we coach. Other people will find me online And they will say, well, hey, this thing is going on. So I ask them to tell me about it. And as we get going, I begin to highlight the pieces that are pivotal in the story they're telling and see if I can show them how those things served. Mm -hmm. The whole goal of what I do is to show you how to dance with instead of being danced by your circumstances. Hmm. I like that. Same thing sometimes. You know, there's people who absolutely have to take care of their crotchety old mother. I mean, there's <laughs> tons of them. Yeah, you can't get away from that. No, you cannot. But you can choose whether your attitude is, I can't get away from that, or I have chosen to advance my personal soul training by doing this. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for every circumstance that comes into our life, right? I'll ask yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if somebody out there listening is going through a particularly challenging moment, <laughs> call Bell. <laughs> well, I've probably been there. Yeah. But the good thing is that there is a lesson in every experience. And so there's always something good to take away. I tell people that there is that life is kind of like a treasure hunt. You have to go here to get the next clue to go there to get the next clue to go there Mm -hmm. and if you're not moving around you don't find the clues so if you're not making mistakes you're not going fast enough Mm -hmm. so making mistakes is good oh yeah (laughs) it limits your options Mm -hmm. do you have any final thoughts for the people out there listening if they are uh, in a stuck place or if they're interested in an aura reading or maybe they don't know what their real gifts are any final thoughts well they can always call me and tell me what's going on and as i listen to them the picture of their aura usually comes through to me and i can make suggestions there's very i very little opportunity for me not to provide them with something useful. Mm-hmm. It's just what I what I do. I love it. 
Well, I appreciate you coming on here to talk about such a beautiful type of work that you do to help people find and use their gifts and to, as you said, dance with your circumstances in life. Right. Instead of being danced by them. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on here to share this. My pleasure, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody out there listening, please don't forget to go to Belle's website. It's Belle, B-E-L-L-E, star.net. Um, I'll also provide her email in the show notes so that you can reach out to her and find yourself. Thank you again, Belle. My pleasure. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.